My name is Jason Dias, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio of EloquentOnline.net in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. This is the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? One way to do that, especially if you're a banking brand or any brand for that matter, is to intentionally engage your future customers, members, and clients. If you remember earlier this year, we had on our new friend, Steve Bug. He's the CEO of Great Lakes Credit Union. And unlike a lot of other people, I do my research on organizations that I'm going to have on the show. And in learning about Great Lakes Credit Union, I got to know quite a bit about the products and services they offer. Now, a lot of banking brands offer youth accounts, but what Great Lakes Credit Union is doing is really very interesting with their youth accounts. They have partnered with our guest today, the Money Mammals. We're going to have John Lanza from Sniggle Zoo. That just sounds, I love saying Sniggle Zoo. It's a snuggle and a giggle, and it happens at the zoo in this very clever, interesting, and engaging approach to youth financial literacy. They go from 0 to 11 years of age, and then, of course, something for the adolescents. You can learn more on the Great Lakes Credit Union website, as well as the Money Mammals website, which I have right there in the episode description, but just so very clever. You know, we've been doing this show for 12 years, and people ask me often, how long are you going to do this? And I always say the same thing, when the show stops surprising me. And things like this, it's just surpri- not surprising, but it's fun to see brands doing interesting things. And so we're going to have an interview with John about Sniggle Zoo and Money Mammals and the importance of teaching financial literacy to our little people and our young people in our lives. And then we're actually going to ask Joe the Monkey a couple of questions, and you'll see, you'll just see the difference. I mean, if you offered a, a 9 or 10-year-old young person or a 13 or 14-year-old young person, you said, okay, if you go in this room, there's going to be a three-ring binder about financial literacy. But if you go in this room, it's the Sniggle Zoo. It's a pretty easy choice in my estimation. And so I'm looking forward to that. In the interest of full disclosure, I've been in banking for over 20 years. I spoke at over 400 banking conferences. I've hosted my banking podcast for 12 years. Wow, isn't that impressive? However, when my son turned 16, got his little first part-time job, he walked into my studio and said, hey, Dad, what's a rooting number? I said, what? He goes, a rooting number. I need it for my direct deposit form. And I was like, oh, that's a routing number, and you'll find it on your check, which, of course, he said, what's a check? For all of my banking experience, I had never taken the time to go over the basics, the very basics of a checking account. And I thought to myself, 20-some-odd years in banking, 
and my beloved only child, my son, who just right on the other side of the wall of this studio, less than 12 feet away, I never thought to tell him about that. I hosted all of those concerts for financial literacy. We went all over the country putting on these concerts on behalf of credit unions and banks, once again, going to where the young people are, which, oh, by the way, during the day, for the most part, is at school. And so it's a great thing to see. Uh, great Lakes Credit Union has just been a really fun find. I mean, you talk about a, a banking brand that's doing everything the right way, well-led, well-managed, and again, just a tremendous offerings for everybody, whether you're planning your retirement or learning about finances for the first time, they've got it covered, a multi-generational brand pursuing a multi-generational destiny with an assist from Sniggle Zoo, Sniggle Zoo, and the Money Mammals. And we're going to talk to John Lands, and we're going to do it all right after this. You're literally listening to The Power of Performance. Well, my mother warned me I'd have that effect. People, hey, we're going out to the city of Angels, Los Angeles, California, Sniggle Zoo. It just sounds fun, a snuggle and a giggle, and it's at the zoo. He is the chief mammal at Sniggle Zoo. Hey, John Lanza, welcome to the Power Performance Podcast. Jason, it is exciting to be here, and I love to be led in by Carol King. How exciting is that? <laughs> hey, Carol King, how about you? One of my absolute favorites, hey, you are the chief mammal at Sniggle Zoo. That already sounds like one of the most unique combinations in my 12 years of doing this show. Tell us about you and Sniggle Zoo. Sure. Well, our mission is to help parents raise money-smart kids, and we were really just, my wife and I were scratching our own itch. We wanted to make sure that we raised our kids to be money smart, and um, I came from an entertainment background, and I thought to myself, you know, how can we make something that on its face is fairly boring, financial literacy, and make it exciting? We thought if we could create some characters to get kids exciting about, excited about something other than spending, so how about sharing and saving and spending smart, we might be on to something. And so we created the Money Mammals. And the Money Mammals are Joe the Bucky and his friends. And you'll like this, Jason. I mean, they are all about playing music to get people interested <laughs> in financial literacy. Uh, I, you know, I'm going to move away from the financial literacy term because it always sounds so clinical. But it's all about engaging kids early with money smarts because that's what we want to do. We want to help parents raise money smart kids. If you get them excited early, they're all ears. Well, I wish I'd, I wish I'd met you uh, before my son turned 16. I have a long career in banking. I spoke at over 400 banking conferences. I've hosted the longest running, most successful banking podcast in American history. And yet, when my son got his first part-time job when he was in high school, he walked into my studio and said, Dad, what is a rooting number? And I said, wait, 
what are you talking about? He goes, you know, this thing for direct deposit. I said, no, that's a routing number. I said, you find it on your check. And, of course, he said, what's a check? And I thought, classic. I have not done one single thing right when it comes to the financial literacy of my beloved one and only tax deduction. It is so important that you start financial literacy early, but it is also equally important that you make it fun and you and the money mammals and everybody at Snigle Zoo does that. Tell us why that's so important. Well, you know, you're, you're being pretty hard on yourself, Jason, because you did really the most important thing, which is you, the idea of starting the, the conversation early is exactly that. It's starting the conversation so that you have an open dialogue so that when questions come up, like your son's questions, whether he call, calls it a routing number or a routing number, that's that's a logistical thing you can take care of. Having that open conversation about, hey, Dad, I have a money question, that's really important. And when you start early, you're really setting the stage for I, – I, I think of it as just like a lifelong open conversation that you can have with your kids. You're not going to have a conversation every day with them, but they know when the time comes that they can come to you're a trusted source on money and you, know, and you don't have to be a money expert. You just have to be open to having the conversation, and you can direct them wherever they need that information uh, to get that information, just like you did. Yeah. And tell us about the fun element of this. You've been there. You've seen how the young people react. We're going to have an interview uh, with, with Joe the monkey coming up here in a few minutes. Just tell us about the impact. I mean, like you said, on its face, financial literacy doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. I see a lot of banking brands trying to do it with three-ring binders and, you know, a checklist. That is a snooze fest. It's not a snuggle zoo. Tell us about the reaction of the young people when this is done the right way. Yeah, I mean, the beauty of it is that it's so much financial – Getting money smart is all about developing habits, and habits starting, them, starting habits early lead to those behaviors that are going to be something you want to carry into adulthood. And so the earlier you can start, the better. And, you know, what we like to do is just get the kids, because the focus in the beginning is really on kind of three core money smart skills, setting and saving for goals, understanding the difference between needs and wants, and really making smart money choices. And one of the things you want to do with those kids is to have them break up their money so they get used to the idea that every time they're receiving money, so in this case it might be in the form of an allowance, they're making choices with that money. So I'm going to save a little bit here. I'm going to put some money into my share jar for charitable giving, and then I'm going to put some money into my spend so that when I go to the store and I want to get something, I can buy it. And then when I go to the store and I don't have enough money, guess what? You sit down with your kid and you say, let's set a goal. Let's put that goal on your jar. And I, I may have jumped ahead a little bit here. Normally we have those three jars, the share and the save and the spend smart. And um, that's, that's the key to that is really getting them started early with making those money smart choices. Because the reality is we're always making choices with our money. We just want to be as mindful as possible. We want to teach our kids to be mindful as possible. And we want them to learn through their own experiences with money. Are they going to make mistakes? You bet they're going to make mistakes. But they are going to learn from those mistakes. And they're going to learn a lot more from their own experience than you or someone else lecturing them on that information. That is so true. I can remember being, you know, that 15-year-old uh, young 
person too young to get a job but old enough to want things. And I, I mowed grasses, I mowed yards for a living down in San Antonio. And uh, one day a, a doctor that lived next door to us, an Army doctor, paid me in advance for a month because he was going to be gone for a month. And I got a check for $40. Of course, I had no way of turning that check into cash. And my dad yeah. took me over to the, at this particular case, the credit union, and opened my account. And it, that money was only in there for about 15 seconds because I, I took all of it to go buy um, a Prince oversized tennis racket. It was very new at the time. And it probably wasn't great to spend all that money right away, but I did go on to be the most dominant tennis player at the Woodlake Golf and Country Club for about 25 minutes until everybody else got one of those Prince oversized <laughs> rackets. But it was just a great example of, you know, we, we did not have any kind of class in the, in the 12 years I spent in school. And even in the four years, well, I, I graduated from college in three years, the, the, all that time, I never really got any kind of advice or any kind of financial literacy training. And I wanted to ask you, because you've been out there, and I think this is a good age range when, when young people start to really think about money and want things, let's say between the ages of 12 and 15, if you could get them all in one place, at the Snigel Zoo, for instance, what would your number one advice be to them when it comes to managing money? Yeah, I would say the number one piece of advice is tied to a to something my daughter said to me um, recently is she said, we were talking about investing. She said, it's so complicated and it mm. can be complicated. Focus on a few core things. You know, the most important one, it's actually the most difficult in our current society is the idea of living beneath your means. And then another mm. big one is don't move the goalposts too much. So, you know, to your to the point of your story is this is what happens is we get that windfall of money and then we adjust our lifestyle. We get the more expensive <laughs> racket. We get the more expensive car, right? And I, listen, I'm not, I'm not, I've done the same thing. So I've, I've learned from experience that these things are not necessarily the best way to go about being money smart. But what you do is with those kids is really make sure they understand it is not that complicated because you know, on the investing side, you really don't have to. I think that's what, that's what kind of scares most kids is they're like, well, there's all this complexity to it. There is potential. There's a lot of adults. But there's also a simple approach. You, know, you want to keep that as right. simple as possible. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's great. Now, speaking, you've mentioned your your family. You've got uh, teenagers uh, of your own at home. And so based on your experience, you know, this is a banking podcast. What are banking brands doing right to intentionally engage Generation Next, your two tax deductions, and what can they do better? Yeah, I think one of the things that we're seeing that is good, I'm seeing more and more parents uh, get these a card that's tied to an app so that as a parent, you can now move your kids from cash. As because when they're younger kids, you really want them to use cash so they can see how physical transactions work. But mm. they, do need to, they do need to learn how to use digital money because that's really how they're going to interact when they are tweens and teens and obviously young adults. Right. And so the idea that you can, as a parent, have an app to track what they're doing on their debit cards is really a powerful thing because 
That way you can help them make smarter money choices. You can make sure that they're bucketing that money, in other words, making the same choices they would make with their jars, but now with larger amounts of money if they happen to be working, but making sure that they're saving some portion of it. You know, are they, are they putting some money away for taxes? Uh, thinking about investing in a Roth IRA if they're, uh, they're making W-2 income. You know, these are all things you can start to do with them as they move through this process of becoming adults. You know, the, you've heard that term adulting. That's kind of what they're doing as they're going through this process. So I think that's something that uh, banks are doing well. One of the things that concerns me, though, are banks and credit unions, I should say, the banking industry. I would say one of the things that concerns me is um, those tools are not teaching in and of themselves. They are just tools. And I think where we need more um, attention is in the ability to empower the parents to be the kids' guides. So, for example, you don't have to be a money expert. I'm not a money expert, but when kids ask me about investing, I can talk to them about the basics, and we can get them started with, say, investing in a small stock if they wanted to invest in a few shares of the stock, but then talk to them about you know, the idea of boring investing, the idea of investing in, say, an index fund and how that works over the long term. And you know, if I'm not, if, if, even if I'm not comfortable there, I can go find that information or direct my kid to that information. Again, not getting too caught up in the, uh, in the potential complications, but just keeping it as simple as possible for them. But realizing that the tools are not necessarily teaching. You as a parent have to work with your kid in order to make those tools something that will help them learn lessons that they can carry into adulthood, if that makes sense. It absolutely does. Now, I'll go first. I'll go first. When I graduated from the University of Texas in San Antonio in December of 1993, the first thing I did was go out and reward myself with a beautiful candy apple red Ford Probe a car that I had absolutely no <laughs> business buying. It was too much. Yep. The insurance was too much. The interest rate was too high. But all I could see was myself behind the wheel of that beautiful car. Is there a big money mistake that you've made in your life that you want other people to avoid? <laughs> <laughs> Got a wide range of choices. I'll give you. Uh, this, I'll, I'll give you one around a similar time period, which is I graduated uh, college and then uh, came out to Los Angeles. I put that in, almost an entire trip on a credit because I had, I had uh. gotten a credit card. Yeah, exactly. And then I was traveling across Canada, and the exchange rate was awful. And so, like by the time I got to LA, I was already in debt. And it's just, it doesn't click until you start getting those bills, until you start seeing the interest that, oh, wow, this is not free money. And, and you know, that's why like, you know, it's very easy for us, Jason, to beat ourselves up about, God, I wish I had this. But the only thing we can do is say, well, we didn't have it. We want to make sure that our kids have something that they can learn from so they don't make the same mistakes, they're still going to make mistakes. Yep. There's no doubt about it. And if this is not one of those things that if they're exposed to the money mammals, you know, and they, for example, go to, you know, they go to Great Lakes Credit Union and they become a money mammals member, those are all awesome things, right? 
but they're still going to make mistakes. And they're going to make mistakes when they're tweens and teens, but they're going to be learning through the thread of those mistakes to make smarter decisions as they get older. Because remember, one of the core money smart skills is making smart money choices. And really, you could actually say making smarter money choices. So you just want to be making those smarter money choices as you go along, recognize your mistakes, recalibrate, move ahead. That's just how life works, right? Yep, absolutely true. One of the secrets to having a podcast that's gone on for 12 years is making smart guests decisions. And we made one here <laughs> with John Lanza. He is the chief mammal at Sniggle Zoo. I've got the contact information right there in the episode description. If you're trying to intentionally engage Generation Next with three ring binders and how to balance a checkbook, that is not going to do it. You want to do what Sniggle Zoo is doing and make this very, very necessary exercise fun. And that is the key. Again, his name is John Lanza. Chief Mammal at Sniggles, John, you've been an absolute delight. Thank you so much for joining us on the Power of Performance Podcast. Thank you, Jason. This is fun. No, cool. Great job, right? Hey, don't go anywhere. We've got a quick interview with Joe the Monkey, and we're going to do it all right after this. Well, some people believe a monkey has been hosting this show for 12 years, but this is the first time we've had a monkey on this show. And so I started by asking Joe the monkey, you know, for young people, all of this financial literacy talk can be a little scary. You know, the fear of making a money mistake. What would you say to the young people about that? Boys and bananas. You got that right, Jason. My friend Pigs the Bank and I once made a big mistake. We were saving money to get a red straw hat for our friend Clara because it was her birthday. But Pigs and I wanted a terrific Tiger Coconut Hero card. We collect Coconut Hero cards, you know. When we realized we didn't have enough money for Clara's present, we had to return the card. And you know what? I learned that we can all learn from our money mistakes. Well, one of the things that I've learned from my money mistakes is the importance of patience waiting to purchase things rather than buying them right away with a credit card or something like that. Tell us about the importance of patience. Patience is so hard because there's so many things I want to buy. I was saving for an awesome Supervine 3000 because I had an old vine that was okay, but with the Supervine 3000, I could do new tricks. I think it took me a month to save for it. Along the way, I almost bought a big jar of my favorite candy, Green Vine Licorice. Luckily, my good friend Clara helped me stay patient so I could save enough money to buy the Supervine 3000. And now I can do the awesome loop-de-loo trick on my new vine. Patience pays off. Patience does pay off, as does having a great youth program at your banking brand. You don't have to go to 10,000 conferences or listen to these mind-numbing, soul-crushing, hour-long webinars when it comes to intentionally engaging Generation Next 
Just do what Great Lakes Credit Union does and all of the banking brands that are using the Money Mammals program. Once again, I've got that information right there in the episode description. Went a little long today, but it was worth it. My name is Jason Dias. Thank you so much for listening to the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asked the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? Until next we speak, we'll talk to you all next week. Take care. If it happens to be free, I bet you wouldn't fancy me.